Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Does the thought of going back to school put you in cold sweats and make you run in fear? I know it does for a lot of people. And that's what this conversation is all about today is I bring on Dr. Alan Griffin. And I emphasize the word doctor because he just got his doctorate as an adult, an adult learner who also went and got his master's for that matter as an adult. And he is going to encourage us with some practical advice about going back to school as an adult. Listen, if we're going to create the future, we have to be people that are willing to live on the edge of our incompetence. And sometimes that can be scary. It's not a comfortable place to be, but it stretches us and helps us move ourselves into the future and make a better world around us. And so without further ado, this is a fun conversation I get to have today with my friend, Dr. Alan Griffin. Hey, what's up, guys? I am so excited to have Dr. Alan Griffin on the podcast today. And uh, he is a newly doctor. That's why I emphasize the word doctor. And uh, I know we're in a season right now where people are looking as an adult into going back to school. And I just want to do a, a, a short podcast today talking about the experience uh, that Alan had going back to school as an adult, uh, the positives yes. and the negatives. And hopefully through this, through this conversation today, give you some courage to take those steps because I know I did it as an adult as well and, and am doing it right now as well. And, uh, but give you some courage to take those steps that, that are full of fear and uncertainty. And, and it's been so long since I was in school. But, but really just encourage you to step out and, and continue your education. Obviously, as we create futures, uh, it oftentimes coincides with getting a better education in order to do that and giving your name yes. some credibility. So let's talk to my friend, Dr. Dr. Alan uh, Griffin. All right, so Alan, or should I call you Dr. Griffin this whole show? What, what should I do here? You know, it'd be great if you would call me Dr. Master Bishop Cardinal Griffin. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Dr. Griffin, let's, let's talk about this. So, um, what did, uh, sure. what, what led you to going back to school as an adult? I know you got your master's degree as an adult as well. So maybe that fits into this, yes. but, but what led you on that path? You know, it's, it's a, a few things. Um, I have parents that very much value education. Yeah. Um, so growing up, education was always part of the journey. My mom, um, has a master's degree in English from uh, University of Southern California. Um, my dad, uh, two master's degrees um, and an MDiv. Um, my brother, two MDivs, now finishing his doctorate. So I just have this family of of educators and well-educated uh, folk. And we uh, decided long ago that our, our whole house would be lifelong learners. And so growing up, I had a library in my home. And it was just something that we always wanted to grow. And I think that's really the impetus is lifelong learning. Uh, education just helps us learn um, what we don't know and learn how to grow in what we don't know. Right. 
right? That, that's so good. All right, so let's make everybody feel better. So now you've gone through a master's program as an adult and a doctorate program as an adult. As you started walking into those steps, what, what was the big fears that you had that maybe some of our listeners can relate to? <laughs> um, the, one of the greatest fears, um, whether it's education or business or anything, is can I do this? Yeah. Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Doggone it. Do people like me? You know, um, <laughs> but the reality is it's, it's not about being the most intelligent person in right. the world. It's about using what you have to the best of your ability to accomplish the standard. And the standard has been uh, perfected over centuries um, for humans. And we are humans, not for um, the very, very elite, but for humans, if you're human, you can do this. If you are a puppy, like my dog over here, give up now. But if you're <laughs> human, this is possible. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Did uh, I know when I first started my master's degree, and I'm starting my doctorate right now, but when I first mm. started my master's degree, uh, one of the first classes, I had a paper that was 25 to 30 pages that was due. It was like, it wasn't, <laughs> yes. I take that back. It wasn't one of the first classes. It was the first class. And I'm like, oh my, that, that's really the longest wow. paper I ever wrote during the whole process of the master's. And I'm like, holy cow, 25, that's like a small book. That's a small book. And, uh, and I really had to it lock is. myself in a room uh, to overcome that struggle and, and, and kind of focus and, and get knocked out. So did you have any of those kind of experiences where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle this. You know, I think every program I've been in from bachelor's degree, master's, uh, the equivalency work that you and I do, um, and then doctorate, there's always a punch you in the face moment. And it's, yeah. it's that challenge that we step to it and, and do our very best to accomplish it. That proves to us, I, instead of it being, we, we sometimes take things the wrong way, Pastor Brent. We go, oh man, this is so difficult. This is crazy. I don't think I can do it. This 25 page paper was to prove to you that you could do it not to challenge you that you can't. Right. And when you take that other side understanding, they're pulling you forward, not pushing you out. <clears throat> we begin to understand that, man, this was the challenge for me to get in line with what we call scholarly writing. And right. the minute you get to that point and you start doing it, you go, man, I psyched myself out the whole time thinking <laughs> I couldn't do this. And here yeah. we are writing the way that we were told we would. Yeah. Don't we, don't we sometimes kind of fantasize about it and I don't know, come in with a, a false positivity about it. Oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be amazing. And, and this is, you know, <laughs> and then you get into it and you're finding out there's all these extra hours in the day that you got to spend writing instead of with your family or doing other work things and everything gets put on hold. And we come in with this false negative or positivity where I think sometimes, and I know I'm going in my doctorate this way, very different. Yeah. While you're optimistic and while you're excited about it, you're going, hey, this is going to suck. And I know going into it, there's going to be moments that I want to quit and I'm not going to enjoy this. This is going to stink, but I'm going to, I'm yes. going to persevere anyway. That way I don't come in with a false, false optimism. It's very true. And um, probably the, the best advice I ever got was from one of our professors at Southeastern University. Um, and he said, the best way to make it through this, these programs is, you know how you always have time when you're not doing anything? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's time I'm not doing anything. He goes, well, when you're not doing some, anything, do something. Mm, do some good. work. That's and you're going to discover 
what, what I've learned in the masters and, and I'm not trying to be crazy about this, but what I learned in masters and doctorate was I have a lot of time. Like I waste a lot of time. I, I could sit down in two hours and knock out work now that used to take me two days because yeah. I've learned to focus myself. And I think um, education is a crucible of focus. And when Ooh, we learn good. how to, to efficiently, effectively focus our energies and not be pulled in a hundred directions, um, contrary to popular belief, Pastor Brett and I want to give you this public service announcement. You cannot multitask. Yeah. Say it with me. You, I cannot <laughs> multitask. The yeah. minute we get that through our my thick skull, whoa, it's amazing the productivity we're able to produce. But it's a sacrifice. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It's a sacrifice. Yeah, I, I know uh, when I started the master's, um, we had our, our dean was coming in for a leadership talk that we were doing. So I happened to be with him. I was probably two classes in, maybe two and a half, three. It was still early on. Mm -hmm. And I remember having this conversation with him over dinner. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, this is just killer. I don't know if I can handle this. And he started not laughing irritatingly at me, but just kind of giggling at me. And he said, <laughs> he said, you're hitting that same wall that everybody hits. Everybody goes through it. It's right here in these first couple classes where it shifts from this optimistic, I'm doing this to going, my God, I don't know if I can handle this. And it was funny to me because uh, I had a friend, uh, he would be a friend of yours too, but I'm not going to say his name on this, this podcast. I'm going to call him James. Starts with the same, same letter. And uh, James was uh -huh, in the James, class I know who after you me. are. Right. He was in the master's class after me and he, uh, he had seen me graduate and all that and he started. And, uh, and he calls me like same thing, like two or three classes and he calls me and he's just like, how did you do this? I can't handle this. I'm not going to get through it. And so there seems to be this, this recurring theme sometimes when you get started, you go in optimistic yes. and, and, and then, you know, somewhere along the line, like you said, it punches you in the face. And so you just mm -hmm. mentioned disciplines, which I think are so important uh, when yes. we're talking about an area like this. So, so talk about your disciplines in this process. How did you discipline yourself to get the schoolwork done, especially at the doctorate level where it's, you know, it's even more. Absolutely. You know, um, as an evangelist, I spent a lot of my time um, during the day, during the week, um, if I'm not in you know, multi-day services, I'm on the phone consulting churches and working with organizations um, locally and nationally. And so I had to carve out time, strategically carve out time. And for me, it was usually um, the time that I worked out. <laughs> yeah. So I literally, I mean, I gained weight. I had to <laughs> sacrifice something. Yeah. Um, I'd get up earlier and do you know my devotions, spend time with my family, pray in the morning with my family, and then they'd go and, and do their thing. I'd go do uh, office work, and then right around 3 o'clock when I used to go work out, I would be in schoolwork until dinner, and after dinner, I spent my time with my family, and then as soon as my kids went to bed, I went back to work, and yeah. I would go back to classwork from you know, 8, 9 o'clock till 11, 12 o'clock, um, sometimes later. Uh, to accomplish what I needed to accomplish. And usually that was three or four days a week. Um, what I wanted to do, and, and it, there's different value for everyone, I wanted to make sure that this, uh, this growth did not cost my children anything. Yeah, that's It good. cost my wife and I, but it did not cost my children. I didn't want them to even notice um, that I was doing it. 
Uh, and then at the end, when I was doing, you know, my dissertation defense and all that, then they noticed because right, right, I'm like, right. ah! but every, all the other time, um, I just looked like I was working, you know, at the table. And um, I think, can I say something? Yeah. Don't complain. Complaining didn't help me. It didn't help Pastor Brent. That's good. It's not going to help you. Now, with your classmates, you can drink a whole lot of whining together. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but with everybody else, don't complain. They won't understand, no matter how much you try to explain it to them, they will never understand what you're going through. Yeah. That's what you have classmates for. Share with them. Um, let everyone else live in the joy of their ignorance. It's yeah. awesome for them. Yeah. And then they become a source of joy to you because they don't know the stress that you've been dealing with. And you could just step out of what you're doing into the, the real world again and enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And then go back to your education world, go back to your scholarly world and complain and, and all that amongst <laughs> other scholars. Yeah. <laughs> That's such good advice. That's such good advice. Practical. All right, let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, right now, for anybody listening to this podcast that's that's thinking of moving forward in their 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 you know education, even if it's the bachelor's degree. I, I personally, I know you didn't, but I got my bachelor's degree as an adult. I went back, and I wouldn't do that any differently if I had it to nice. again either, because I wanted to learn at that point compared to the 19, 20 year old who's just trying to get a, get through the class. I actually mm -hmm. wanted to learn, so the educational experience was better for me. But yes. adult learners who are wanting to go back to college, there's, there's a lot of options and different types, but now we live in this world that so much of it is online. I mean, right the second, everything's online, but, but even beyond <laughs> that, so much of it is online. You don't have to do face-to-face -face classes that seem more intimidating. Um, so, so with your school and, and such at, at Southeastern University where you graduated from, how much of it was online compared to in-person? How did you do that? We had a uh, quarterly online engagement. I think master's degree was more than quarterly, but um, quarterly where every three months we would go into uh, in-person classes for one solid week. During that week, um, we might have three different professors during that week, sometimes two, uh, periodically one. And it was very concentrated. It'd be eight to 10 hours um, a day, usually about 10 hours um, of engagement um, with that professor and your brain hurts by the right. end of each right. day. Um, you're gaining so much. And so note taking becomes important. Another uh, practical application um, is, you know, coming up with what works best for you for note taking mm -hmm. um, because you'll take a lot. Yeah, that's good. I think, uh, you know, there's so many types of ways of doing school now. There's so many opportunities, no matter what your background. We, there's really not a lot of excuses if you want to not to do it because there's schools right. that are entirely online. There's schools that you physically go to, and then there's all the hybrids. Uh, my master's degree, uh, we actually went to school for three days in a row, all day like you talked about. It was the cohort mm -hmm. model. I think you did something similar. Uh, and so you went for three whole days, you know, eight-hour days or however long. You usually ate dinner yeah. with the class. You, you lived with them essentially for three whole days. Yes got a ton of information. Then you did the rest of it online uh, after that was over. And, and in our, my, the way I did it, it was an accelerated program. So it was three whole days once a month. Every month we had three whole days. Oh, wow. And so it was really pushing it. But then once those days were over, it was all online. But there's all these hybrids. There's different styles. Um, yes. And, and, and education is such an important part of creating the future because if you're going to create the future, you have to create it in your own self first. 
and you can't yes. just keep echoing the things that other people say. So, so you got to get educated to the point that you can say new things and, and mm. you get that philosophical depth to be able to draw from where you're not just repeating, you know, what everybody else says. So, so let me ask you, let me ask you this. Um, how are you a better person having, having gone through this? <laughs> um, <clears throat> They never broke me. I'm an evil person. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess that's not even the right question, a better person. I guess what I mean is how are you I'm more suited to do your career and, and what yes. you do because you come through? You're, you were a great person before and after. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought that was awesome. Um, you know, I think that uh, we face a lot of crucibles in life. We face um, the crucible of physical health, spiritual enrichment, where that spiritual formation um, but there's another crucible and, and there's many of them, but, and there's another one that, that many of us, um, can engage that we might not have now. And that is the crucible of education and to struggle and to strain and to work to accomplish something in education is a high, uh, a high, not a high calling, but a high level battle mm -hmm. that, um, takes us from looking at life as a pedestrian, not a, a less smart person. That's not what it's about. It's not about smart. It's about being in, having endurance. Um, looking at life um, as a pedestrian or looking at life as the driver of the bus. That's and great. the driver of the bus sees the road differently. They see it from a higher level, um, not because they're better than anyone else, but because they've been trained and equipped to lead and do more. And that's what education does. It equips us. Um, through struggle, through trouble, through, uh, through pain to grow in our ability to lead ourselves and to help other people, um, not just with history, but with, like you said, a personal philosophy and an understanding of your identity and what's around us that we can use yeah. to serve others. Yeah, those, those papers and those long papers that we, we joke about and, and, you know, fighting over your dissertation and, and, and yeah. such, they force us to think so much deeper than anything in regular life forces you to think about, you know, That's generally right. speaking, most of our lives are relatively shallow and we never go into the depth, but those papers, they, they just force you into the deep end and push you in the deep end of the pool, so to speak. So if Absolutely. I'm understanding you correctly, and I think this is a good analogy for this, it's almost like tools in your tool belt. Right. And so yes. all these classes that you take equip you to be able to do more things in life because you're adding more tools and not just the doctorate as a tool, but all these specific yeah. classes. Because at the end of the day, it's not about being called Dr. Griffin. At the end of the day, it's about em empowering uh, your ability to effectively serve more people. That's it. You know, um, after these many years, now I'm Batman. I've got the, <laughs> the tool belt. Got the and, bat belt, and, right? And I think what, what it helps us do is, as you're saying, walk into situations that before um, we'd be like, I think I know somebody said, um, and now you walk in going, you know what, God, what do you want me to say right now? You've given yeah. me file after file of information, but now you're not just thinking about delivering information to people. You're thinking about what will help them the most. And you start to partner with the Holy Spirit through wisdom and knowledge to draw out things to serve um, others. And I think that's, for me, for, 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 uh, for my ministry, for my life, that's what I want. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. All right, well, the last question, um, would you do it again if you had it to do over again? 
Is the screen frozen? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about that for a moment. Um, no, absolutely would do it again. Uh, and, and here's what's awesome about school. Uh, the access that we end up with having to educators is huge. You would think because of maybe you went to college, maybe you went to community college, maybe you just did a couple classes and went, this isn't for me. Um, I think that might've happened in our history because like Brent said, we were so young that we yeah. didn't value people the way yeah. we do now. When you value people and you go to the educational space, the academy is what we call it, you'll get there and go, not only is Dr. Ehler, um, Dr. Archer, these different great leaders, not only are they great educators, but they're incredible people that have enriched my life. And so doing it again, the workload tells me, oh, I don't wanna, I can't, it's painful. But the people that walked me through this journey are the reason I made it through this journey and are the reason I would do it again. Yeah. It's, it's always those, those incredible professors, instructors, uh, educators. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I know in, in my world, uh, probably the greatest thing that I ever did for my own ministry and helping people and serving people along the way was going back and getting my master's degree. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it empowers you so often to be able to do the things that you want to be able to do and, and lead from the front like you need to. And, and again, instead of just repeating yes. what everybody else says, having a depth that the knowledge just comes from yourself, you're not having yes. to research every little thing. And um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's really beneficial. And, and I would throw this out there. Obviously education is very expensive, uh, but there's mm -hmm. grants and there's, there's help and there's different ways to do it. Um, and uh, while it is expensive, I definitely think it is still worth it at the same time. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It is, it is worth it all the way. Um, I tried to pay my way through my master's. I kind of paid it as I went um, the doctorate. I got help, you know, I got creative right. and, um, to step into that, but it was, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, America, America, you listening, you go into debt for all kinds of things that don't matter. Yeah. I, if, if you, this gives you a little bit of debt, don't get upset about that. That's the least of your concerns. Yeah. What I'm concerned more about pastor is the times I got up as a 22 year old preacher, as a 25 year old preacher, and I preached something that was not biblically accurate. <laughs> and how does the Holy Spirit anoint a lie? Right. So if, you know, people say, man, that message was anointed. The perception of the presence of God resting, hovering on that message is predicated on it being truth. Yeah. <laughs> and when, as ministers, um, preaching the truth is the most important thing, it, the best we can. And uh, education helps us to stay in line. <laughs> with yeah. that and it's a huge thing and yeah. i believe you're gonna have miracles in the process Amen. you know i was in the middle of my dissertation writing i was sick as a dog i didn't have bird flu i didn't have covid i just had something the crud in me yeah. and i was writing and i was laying in, a, in someone else's house in the basement sick and the holy spirit spoke to me and said if you get up i'll heal you and I got up and I started writing again, started working on my dissertation, and instantly the healing of God came over me. The very next morning, I preached three uh, services. That night, I kept writing again. I wrote 20 pages in my dissertation 
the very day that I, I came down sick. And I uh -huh. believe that if God is going to heal me to write, there's value to that. Yeah. If he's going to heal me to work on education. He's proving the value of education through that in my experience. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I think my light just went off. So anybody watching, uh, anybody watching this instead of just listening, sorry, I'm in the dark now. So I look, I, look like I talk too now. long. That's the problem. Sorry. No, no, no. You, you were great. You were great. I, I'm a big believer that, that w who we really are is made up of the billions of life experiences we have. Uh, mm -hmm. Besides the things that are DNA that you can't control, you know, skin color, eye color, height, you know, some of those yeah. things. But who you really are, what really matters to you, the reason you talk the way you do, the reason you vote the way you do, the reason just, just who you really are is really the millions and billions of life experiences that got you to where you are today. And some of those experiences happen to you. Some of those you're pushed into, like, like you know, elementary school and high school for most of us, right? We went whether we wanted to or not. Mom's going to yeah. walk if we didn't go. <laughs> but then there's other moments that are intentional experiences that you yes. intentionally put yourself into. And sometimes they're hard. You don't necessarily like it the entire time, but you know it's good for you. And yes. for so many of us as adult learners, college and university is that way for us. It's an intentional opportunity to create new experiences, you know, uh, you know new protocols in our brain to fire different ways and yes. uh, to get a depth that we wouldn't normally have. So, all right, Alan, do you want to add anything good. else? Dr. Griffin, I should say, do you want to add anything else? Um, I can't wait to call you Dr. Uh, Simpson. That's going to happen soon. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it should be in about two years. However, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, finances <laughs> yeah. and we're just working through that. So um, yes, at this moment, I'm still planning to, to I officially start in August. Uh, and that's at this moment. And, you know, obviously the whole world is kind of getting turned upside down right now. So we got to see what happens. But at that's the moment, right. I'm still planning to go forward. <laughs> All awesome. right. So you'll be something. You, hey, final thing I want to say. Rich Wilkerson said this to me years ago. Uh, my spiritual dad um when i was talking to him about master's degree and we did our master's degree together um he said alan how old are you going to be in uh in two years if you don't get your master's degree hmm. and i told him I, you know i think at that time I'll be, I'll be i'll be 40 you know he goes well how old will you be with your master's degree in two years he goes you can either be 40 without it or 40 with it the choice mm, is up good. to you and uh, so I choose to add, and, and I think it's important to be a lifelong learner. That's so good. That's so good. All right, so for you guys who are not familiar with Dr. Griffin, uh, he runs a great ministry, speaks in churches, uh, most, most obviously, but he also speaks in school assemblies, also for businesses and corporations and different leadership talks with them. I highly recommend him. One of the best leadership talks I ever did or had an outsider do for our staff uh, was several years ago when Alan did a, a Zoom call with our staff. So if you're a business leader and you just want somebody right now to, to be able to speak life over your team and to give a different perspective, hook up with Alan. Uh, he's also a, a great author, got a couple books in the, in the works right now and has written a great one called Undefeated. And um, so Alan, if, if people want to get a hold of you and contact and, and get you in or, or get a book or something, how do they do that? Sure. Um, for all my friends that are in the, uh, the business sphere, we love you. Uh, that's our motivational site, which is alangriffin.com. Uh, you could just email us, call us. Uh, of course, we're going to answer right now. Uh, there's no distractions. Um, and then uh, for all of our ministry friends, we have another site just for you, uh, agministries.com. You can go there and, and check out all that we're uh, doing right now. And we're gearing up uh, for online 
sermons that we're going to be start distributing. So get ready for some fun stuff. I love it. I love it. We're in a season where you can either return or you can recreate. And I think that's we right. need to be people that are recreating as we return. We're not just returning. So that's right. All right. <laughs> love you guys who are watching. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I hope this encouraged you. Uh, and I hope there's some people that you end up going back to school because of these conversations, maybe it gave you some hope and some clarity and uh, I don't know, maybe it was good for you. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for being a part of creating the future. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.